Welcome to the Life Church. We are so excited that you've tuned into our program to listen to a wonderful message. On behalf of Pastor Walt Landers, our senior pastor, we just want to say thank you. Our mission here at the Life Church is to connect people with God's purpose. If you don't already have a church home, we want to invite you to join us at 3301 TLC Way. Now let's prepare our hearts to receive a word from God through this morning's message. I want to set up the, uh, the message for today and in doing so, I really want to um, encourage you and admonish you. If you weren't here last week and, um, and you didn't listen to the message, please do so. It's on our website. You can go online. Uh, and so we make that available to you for absolutely free for anyone who, who uh, tunes in and wants to, wants to uh, listen to that. But I feel like that, it, that I really kind of laid some groundwork that, that would help us um, kind of rolling out of last year and having that next play mentality to close out a year but to really move into a year and, and really got into some areas that I think uh, explain why we are who we are as a church, as a ministry, and, and, and even with the education um, part of what we do and those kinds of things and, and uh, with the mission that I believe that we're called to do. Not every church is called to do that, um, but, but we know and we understand that God's put an assignment upon us, and so we want to fulfill that. And so this morning, as we just look at Vision Sunday and what does 2019 look like you know, for, for us as a church, I really, you know, one of the things that, that, um, that started being impressed upon me a few months coming out of 2018 was that um, life should be lived in light of eternity. And so as we begin to really move forward in this year, you're going to hear some, you know, some references to that and uh, some, some, maybe even some teaching at some point on that through this year because I believe that life should be lived in light of eternity. And, and it's almost like the, the whole gospel and, and church life and, and uh, culture is, is turned in a lot of ways to where it's very, you know, self-satisfying and where it's about us. And it really is about us. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, God is for us. I, I, I don't know about you, but I appreciate that I'm not just a number, that he calls me by name, that he knows me, he knows you. He knows the number of hairs on our head. And for some of us, that's a lot more than others. But anyway, it's okay to laugh in church. <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, some of us, it just grays in, right? And uh, shows up more of our age in, in that respect. But in that, I think that, that, that the reality is, is that, that we have to come to grips with is that we're just passing through. And what we do in this life, it will impact eternity. When we stand before him and we give an account of the things that we have done. And I don't know about you, but I want to hear well done. And so with that, uh, I believe that there's some things that we're going to take in consideration. We're going to look at. And uh, I'm going to be reading from um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. I'm going to, I'm going to read through the whole first chapter, and we're going, to, we're going to talk about this. Last week, I, I really was planning on going a different direction. I was looking at 
you know, and, and we address from the life of Caleb of, the, of how God was going to lead them into the promised land to be able to occupy. And uh, this week I was going to look at the life of, of uh, Joshua and, and how they began to move into the promised land. But through the course of, of this week, I just felt like that, that I needed to shift that and go New Testament. And I think that there's some overlay of principles that are there. And so we're going to look at this, and we're going to look at, at the Apostle Paul and just the missionary journeys and the things that were happening and, uh, and what that really looked like in New Testament times and how that, I believe, impacts and how it should affect us um, in our lives and in the life church specifically for, for us in our, in our church. And so let's, let's just start reading here, and then we're going we're gonna to come through, and then we're going to talk about some things that I believe uh, uh, that have to do with the church at Thessalonica, and, um, and then we'll kind of break down where we're at. So let's read this together here, starting in chapter 1, starting in, in verse 1. It says, Paul, Silvanus, and, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to, to, to God always for you, all making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, now, you're going to notice some things, and, and, I'll, and I'll kind of pause a little bit and hit a, hit a few things here because what, what you're going to find is actually Paul, it doesn't appear, is, the, is maybe the sole writer of this letter. He gives some credit to uh, Silas as well as to Timothy in this at the beginning. And at least in greeting, he's doing that because obviously there was relationship that was there with this church that was started in, in, um, in Thessalonica. So in this, we, we see where he addresses that, and, and I'm going to expound some more on the details of it, but I want you to, I want you to pay attention to some of the, the wording. I, I, don't, I don't believe that, that these are flippant words that, you know, that he's just, I believe that this had intention. I believe that when you look at, at what has happened here, uh, he has gotten word back. At one point, you know, you'll see later where it talks about how Paul had intended to go two other times back on that missionary journey, back to, to uh, Thessalonica, and, and, it's, and actually he said Satan hindered him. You know, Satan can delay things. Satan can mess some stuff up. But ultimately, I believe if we stay the course, he can't stop what God's got ultimately and has purposed and has intention for. But it appears that at some point that he sent Timothy, and Timothy is the one that brought back this report of what was going on there. And that's, this letter came out of that. And, and so he's writing them based upon the word that had come back after it was started. And so in this, he, he says there, he says, remembering without ceasing your work of faith. And you're going to see this. It's almost like there's this strange dichotomy that's going on. Wait a minute. I thought we were saved, you know, by faith and not of works, right? But he says, work of faith. You know, James says, faith without works is what? 
is dead. So you're going to see some of these, this verbiage. And these are, these are amazing Christian attributes. These are the virtues of, of their Christian life and, and the way they were living there in Thessalonica. And he says, he says that here he's heard about this, this work of faith, this labor of love. Labor of love. Come on, how many of you had to work at loving someone? Don't look at that person next to you. You get in trouble doing that. Just look right here. <laughs> this labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father. Knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. In other words, we're chosen. They, they, he was affirming that. God chose them. We're going, to, we're going to talk some more about that in a minute. For, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. When we really go through this story, as I share some more from actually the book of Acts in Acts chapter 17 and how this thing overlays, you're going to see some of this and how God very much from a spiritual aspect was working with this to get the gospel to the Thessalonians. And he says here, he says, In much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake, and you became followers of us and the Lord, having received the word in much affliction. Here's another one of those strange dichotomies. In much affliction with joy. <laughs> Come on, how many of you know that sometimes laughter will help the pain? <laughs> he says, this affliction, come on, Jesus is the one that said, in this life, we're going to suffer persecution. You're going to have tribulation. But he said, be a good cheer. I'll have overcome, right? Come on, you're not, I, I don't hear too much response on that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, Jesus, that's easy for you to say. <laughs> right? <laughs> but in that, he says, even in this much affliction, with joy of the Holy Spirit. You can have joy even in the midst of affliction. So that you became examples. I believe this is a real desire that God, God wants of our lives. And Paul is affirming them. He is, I mean, he's, he's giving them the accolades. He's saying, way to go, church that you became examples to all in Macedonia. That's a big region. And Achaia, that's a whole other region, who believe. For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. This was one radical church. They were passionate they, they didn't get satisfied in the journey. There was something that was alive in them. And it says, your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. Wouldn't that be awesome? For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. And that and to wait for his son from heaven. Here's that in light of eternity. And to wait 
for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Amen and amen. When you look at what happened here, and if you, if you study it out, you, you're going to see this church, they were living with an eternal mindset. What I do in this life matters. Not just in this life, but what we carry with us into eternity. And you'll see that this church, it, 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 or these, these epistles specifically are addressing this about the, the return of the Lord, you know, the, the, the rapture, the, the, the return, just the things that are dear to our faith that we talk about. But sometimes, I don't know if we understand what, how it was birthed, how that came about. And so if you go back and you find out this was, this was actually a very spiritual journey that the Apostle Paul had launched out and went on that he never intended to go there. He did, his goal was not to go to that place. He didn't, he didn't leave Antioch saying, okay, guess where we're going, guys? He didn't intend to go to Macedonia. That wasn't where he journeyed out from. Come on, how many of you have started in life one direction and you ended up in a whole different place? <laughs> And so many times we see the fingerprints of God all over our lives when we look back and we realize God was at work and we weren't even aware of it. We didn't even realize how this journey and how this was put together and the people that he brought into our lives and the way God does things. Sometimes it's amazing. I'm I'm always in awe. And I shouldn't be. Come on, how many of you are in awe at times and it's like, wow, and you're just like blown away by something God's doing and, and the reality is, what? Well, he's God. <laughs> it should be just the norm, right? And yet, how many times are we still like, wow, look at God. And here we find this, this journey that Paul sets out on. He's, he's heading up. Now, the first journey, he made a little quick trip, you know, and he, had, he came back, and, and it was the second journey when he left out. And he's going up through Asia. And as he's going, it's, it talks about how the Holy Spirit just kept kind of restraining him and pulling on him, and, and, and he kept trying to go north, and, and he just kept getting pulled over here. And finally, he ends up over at, at, at Troas, and he has this vision in the night of this man in person in, in Macedonia calling to him, please come over. And he knew it was the Lord. And so, boom, they took sail and they went over. And the first place they ended up was in Philippi. Now, if you read about Philippi, you go to the earlier you know, chapter there in in uh, the book of Acts, it wasn't a real pleasant experience. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you're in the will of God and you've responded to the call of God, don't think that, you know, life is going to be without challenge, difficulty, or some kind of, you know... <laughs> I don't know about you. How many of you would like a problem-free life? <laughs> well, someday when we get to heaven... <laughs> 
But in this, here they show up at Philippi, and and they're, you know, of course, Paul, he, he I, I don't know if he just likes poking the devil in the eye or what, but he shows up at the synagogues and starts arguing with them. And so he's, he's debating scripture and he's going through that and, and ends up, you know, that, that uh, he, you know, he creates quite the ruckus and ends up that, that uh, some of the leaders there, they, they beat him and Silas and threw him in prison. And, of course, that's where the whole story of the, the you know, at midnight, you know, they're singing and the earthquake comes and opens the jail cells. The jailer gets saved and him and his household and they get baptized and 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 then these leaders are like hey we just need to get rid of them just let them out move them on and now paul is dug in now he's just they have been beaten and put in prison and they're trying to get him to leave and he's like we ain't leaving i mean this guy i don't know i mean sometimes you read and it's like uh was he you know, missing something somewhere? Or is he just that radical and passionate? I think he was that passionate. I mean, when you look at who he was as Saul of Tarsus prior, I mean, this, this guy, I mean, he only knew one, one, one speed, full on. <laughs> and here he is now telling them, look, you beat Roman citizens. You were wrong. You didn't give us due process. You want us gone, you come down here and you escort us out. Well, ends up, they say their goodbyes. And when they leave Philippi, they go right past some other communities. Right past some other cities. I mean, it's like, Paul, don't they need Jesus too? But see, he knew something. He knew that if he could get to Thessalonica, I believe there was a mission. There was something leading him in this. And he knew from Thessalonica, if there was breakthrough there, that whole region in Macedonia and Achaia could be reached from this group of people because they were serious about winning people to Jesus. They were serious about spreading the word, sharing the good news of the gospel. And they were full on. Because when he shows up there, and it's interesting sometimes even who ends up coming initially. It says these, these Greeks that were converts. <laughs> so you, you've got these, so he goes to the synagogue again. It's like he didn't learn his lesson at Philippi, so he shows up in in Thessalonica, and he shows up at the synagogue again, and same, same. Here he is, full on. He's arguing the scriptures. He's preaching Messiah, you know, Jesus Christ. And then it says these Greeks who were converts to Judaism. So obviously, they were hungry for something different than what they had had previous. And they were looking for the living and true God, and now they were converts to Judaism. And along not only with those Greeks, but it says prominent women. You know, some of God's best men are women. And we need to know that. We need to embrace that. We're going to have more ladies actually be in a part of our service and in what we're doing moving forward. And so with that, 
there was a, a start of a church. Now, again, he ended up having to flee him and Silas. You know, they left out by night. You know, had to get out of there. But there was a start. Sometimes, all God needs is to use your life to put something in motion, to plant a seed in someone's life. You know, I, 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 I'm amazed at sometimes how my life has been touched in this way and how I've just watched. You can sometimes share some small thing in somebody's life and that seed can grow into a major tree, a major harvest in someone's life. It can cause maybe the whole trajectory of their life to shift and turn. See, if we're living with it in light of eternity, I believe that we start living in a place to where we don't take for granted the opportunities that are given us. And we start looking for those opportunities in our lives. The people that God puts us around, how he wants to use us in different ways, in different capacities. And for me, that's what I believe this year is, is, is really about is how he wants to take us to the next place, even as a church. And so as I was praying over and just thinking about 2019, I believe I, I, I just had, had this, grow forward. Grow forward. You know, so many people, they, they'll grow, but they don't do anything. No activity. Or... We try to come out of one year into the next, and we're just trying to move forward to get past whatever that was from the last year, but we're, we, we didn't grow. We haven't learned some of the things that we need to learn to effectively be successful in the next year. And I believe 2019, God wants us to think about how we can, in a greater way, grow as we move forward, because I said it last week, life is lived in forward motion. We talked about it this morning already, the songs that we, we sang, the prophetic edge for um, one of our elders, Wayne Barr, that, that shared what he shared in worship of, you know what, the past needs to be the past. And we need to look forward. What, what does the future hold? What is, what is God's next assignment in that? Well, for us, as, as a church, now, just remember who we are, you know, because I want to make sure that we capture that. And, and our, our mission of our what is connecting people to God's purpose. We are to connect to God's purpose, right? And we'll talk some more about that. See, if you're connected to God's purpose, then salvation is a part of that. Being a disciple is part of that. We can go on and on. Our vision, our why, is that because people matter to God, they matter to us. Every person. I believe every person. When Jesus died, he died for the salvation of all. And his desire is that all would come to repentance and none would perish. But we have to do our part. And then the last one, we're going we're to look at our values 
And we're going to really go into these here in the weeks ahead because that's our how. And when we really have our values, our core values, strongly established in our hearts as a part of our DNA of our church, then then all of a sudden we're able to check everything against those values and say, is this who we are? And does this fit? But for us specifically, for the Life Church, let me, let me give you some of these that, that we've got happening. Number one, we are definitely expanding. I know you've heard it. We're, we've, it it's been a lot bigger challenge than what we anticipated in that. But in our warehouse space, we have got that in process as far as the plans and all of that still working. I've got a meeting this week with the city What you may not realize is that the elders made a decision uh, years back when we first occupied uh, this facility that we would buy up all those vacant lots and all that, as much land as we could out there. And so as lots came available, we just kept buying them. And we have now bought up and secured our future to the east. We got parking lots. We got we're going to have to create a whole different bus area and get the buses out of there. We've got, we've got expansion room, though. God has blessed us with property for our future in that. And so we're looking at the, that full daycare. We're, we've got a pre-K right now, but we're going full-on daycare with children's facilities that will expand, indoor playground, lots of neat plans that are, that are in that. Um, we're going to look at church offices over here. So that's the, the phase coming right behind that. And, of course, eventually the whole new sanctuary will be over there. And so that's, that's all in the works. That's still going for here in San Angelo and what we have got going. And then, of course, we have felt very strong about um, beginning to do multi-site. And so we're looking at a new campus launch that, that uh, I'll talk to you some more about um, here and also to be able to sustain some of that uh, growth and what we believe that we're supposed to be doing, we're starting back up. At one time, we had a very strong school of ministry, and so we're launching and getting back up and going to school of ministry. It's it's been amazing to me of how many young people have come to me recently, feeling the call of God on their life. And so we're going to start with the school of ministry. Some may go on to further education, but we're going to start there and see see where that takes them. Amen? Some of you may want to be a part of that. That's the cool thing about a school of ministry. You don't have to move off to do Bible Bible school. You could start right here, in-house. And then we want to increase our outreach. So what what does increasing our outreach look like? Well, to increase our outreach, um, we've, we've got some, uh, some things. We heard you, and I believe God gave us some opportunity. For years, we've been a part of Global Venture, and we're going to continue to do Global Ventures, you know, so just hardcore taking the gospel into all the world and preaching Jesus. Um, we're going to keep doing that as we're, you know, part of Global Ventures, but many of you were requesting we want to work. We need work projects. We, some of you are glutton for punishment. I don't know. I mean, it, you know, and so it's like, okay. So 
in the process of everything, you know, that, that we were doing uh, sometime back, you know, a year or so ago, whenever we had the hurricane uh, down in the Houston area, and we, we uh, sent teams down there, worked down there, had some great testimonies and things that came out of that, helped support um, a church that were, was doing a ton of outreach and as far as a warehouse and supplying a lot, of, a lot of needs. And we had held some of that money back, and we were planning this summer to go again, and it just didn't happen. I mean, that trip and, and coordinate with that church, it, it's almost like things kind of move past. And so we were, okay, well, you know, what do you do with this? Well, all of a sudden we had Sonora flood. And there is so many people displaced. So many people are out of their homes. And we had a person right here. We were praying about it. it it's interesting that the staff, and we, we were praying about, okay, God, how can we help? What can we do? Is there someone... And they came up for prayer. They, were, they had left their home and were living with some relatives. And they came up for prayer at the altar service because their home was, I mean, just destroyed. It was a mess. Well, through the process of that, we, with some money that was still sitting there, putting some other money with it, basically, well, and I think we got some pictures so we, we could maybe, I think, I think we can throw up a few of these. So if y'all can see that, this is a home that we're taking on personally. The Life Church is going to take on this project to take this to completion. We've already mapped it out, full budget, full, we've already, we, we've got it going. Um, Jimmy Prine, who was in our first service, he's a contractor. He is going to head the project up, put the thing together. We've got subs, subcontractors that will also come on board and help us with this. You'll have some opportunities to go down there and serve and do some uh, certain pieces of it. We want you know, professionals for the most part in key areas. Uh, so clean up, different things. We can, we can do some of that behind a lot of the construction trades. But we are, the Life Church is at least going to take on one home and be able to get that home fully rebuilt and turn back over to that family. Amen. (laughs) We've got Love Botswana. Pastor David's heading up a team that's going to uh, um, a missions uh, organization. Jerry and Janilaki, they've been over there 30 some odd years. They, they have got um, not only the, the church, the, the Bible school, um, they have had an AIDS hospital, they have an orphanage, there, there's so many things. And, and they had a private Christian school. They have shifted that and are actually connecting now into the public schools and doing this major outreach. And a big part of what they're taking on is... Um, Handicap children. And a lot of their facilities are run down or in need. And so a couple of years back when Joanne and I were over there, we toured their facilities and I mean it's just a lot of it's in disrepair. And they what they you know they they're just lacking the, the, the finances and the means to get some of that done. And so we just felt like, you know what? Let's put a team together and let's go over there and do something. We already got some, some great uh, skilled trade individuals who are going to be going, but we, we're open to a couple more to be added to that team. That, that trip is going to take place in June. If you're interested, 
to go to the mission field and help do some actual work. (laughs) If that's your thing, we're giving you an opportunity to be able to do that, be a part of that. And then a major place that we feel very strong about is Arlington, Texas. We've actually got Pastor Kevin Rowe and his family that's here from the the church that's been there. They were there before we were. (laughs) The church was at least. And um, that area is in such need of the gospel. And I meant to check with you on this. I know that Dr. Wiles gave, you know, that research and from, from the Baptist that, that produced that is, am I not right? Was that the most unreached area of the Metroplex? The most unreached, unchurched area in the whole Metroplex. And our church owns that building that is literally the, the, the only physical church building in that whole zip code. Well, sometimes you can't make this stuff up. How God just puts something in your hands and says, now I'm looking for you to do something. And so we've been in conversation of a process of being able to make that the life church and to launch there this year. With that will come Lots of opportunities for outreach. Now, we're still going to do our outreaches here as well. You know, we've got, think about it. Next, I mean, can you believe it's already, it's 2019. Next month, we'll have our, our, our outreach that we do to the international students. Remember, we take them all to the rodeo, all those that want to go. Some of them have never seen a rodeo. And I mean, it's, it, it's crazy looking at the expressions on so many of these international students from ASU as they just go to a rodeo, but we bring them in, feed them, uh, just, just try to build relationship. We have our Easter festival that we do every year. I mean, we've got other things planned. Think, look at this, beards and barbecue. Come on, you can bring someone, connect them into relationship. And we'll, we'll talk about some others in the, in the future. But Arlington, we knew that God was doing something in this. And just how all of that has come about. Well, there was another piece of property that had come up right on the corner that would have made just a great office. It was a dentist office. And, um, and we'd been praying about it. And all of a sudden, it, it came up that it actually... I felt like that God gave me an opportunity and I walked in there before it was ever listed, ever on the market. Kind of freaked them out a little bit. It's interesting how God does that. He tried to buy it and they're like, they're a dentist. You know, they, they got, you know, patients coming and going. They, when they walked in, they thought I was going to be a new client. <laughs> and ended up that the... Lead dentist had health issues and they put the thing up for sale and they tried to sell it as a whole dentistry and they wanted a ton of money for it, selling a whole practice. And we, we just knew we couldn't do that. And so anyway, we backed off and that thing set on the market, ended up it closed as a dentistry. So they weren't seeing clients anymore. All of that went away. 
And there was multiple times I kept feeling almost like the Apostle Paul trying to go north rather than to Macedonia. And I kept feeling like, I got to call them. I got to check on this property. And, and I kept feeling like the Holy Spirit said, don't, don't do that. Just leave it alone. And finally, one day, that owner called and said, are you still interested? And I said, yeah, but not at that price. <laughs> we ended up buying, not only did the price of the whole practice go away, but we bought that property for $275,000 less than what it's listed on the tax roll for. <laughs> oh, you, you got to hear the rest of the miracle. So they were going to go ahead. They tried to negotiate and tried to put the, ask more money and put the sale of the equipment on us. And like, that's not what we want to do. And so in that, in that initial sale, they were going to still take that stuff out and sell it. They, they said there's about $100,000 of used dentistry equipment. And so at closing, I find out, no, they're walking away. They're leaving all that stuff. They said, you can just have it. And so now we got all this dentist equipment. I'm thinking, wow, I can, we can sell this and get that money and we can use it. And I'm, from the beginning, I was having this little thing going, no, I've got a different use for that. And I'm like, but Lord, we can sell this. <laughs> we can use this. And finally, one morning, I'm just in my quiet time, and I'm just praying, and I just felt like the, literally the Holy Spirit just said, there is an, there's a missions organization that's praying for this dentistry, this, this equipment. And I put it in your hands. And you got to give it. So I call some of the elders and talk to them. And they're like, man, give it. Sow it. I didn't know what to do. So I called Rob Carmen, Dr. Carmen, And he's missions connected everywhere in the world. And, and uh, some pretty, you know, even intense areas. And I can't say where, but I talked to him on the phone, and within an hour, he sent me a text back and said, I found a place for it. <laughs> That's fast. <laughs> Just like God. And so he said, I'll talk to you next week. They were headed down. They had a new grandbaby being born, and so they, missions and that whole thing was taken back seat. They were, had priorities. And so he said, let's talk next week. And so we talked next week and got connected to the head of the missions organization. And as I'm talking to him, he, he said, you need to hear the miracle in this. He said, we have an extension arm of our, of our missions organization that is a medical missions organization said, we got doctors that volunteer their, their time and their resources to, to go. He said, we've had dentists that have wanted to do this for years, but we lacked the equipment and we needed the dental equipment. And he said, we were sitting in a staff meeting discussing how are we going to get our hands on some dentist equipment. And the text came in from Rob Carmen that said, hey, do you have any use for dental equipment? Mm-hmm.
I love this stuff. God is always out ahead of us. He's doing things that sometimes we don't understand. You can't make this stuff up. And it's just amazing to be a part of a journey of faith and to live this life as a Christ follower and to see God do great and mighty things. This equipment, I'm not free to share where it's going to go because part of it's going into a very dangerous nation that um, we, we probably couldn't mention right now. But it's amazing. Just, I think we're on the front end of even a, a journey of faith and where this is going to go. And I, I told this, this guys, I said, I said, we want to be a part of this. I'm like, I don't think the, I don't think the journey, I don't think it was just for us to somehow get that and just give it to you. I said. I want to. I want to be a part of knowing the impact and where it's going. He began to describe and share some things. This equipment will be used to help some of the most impoverished people in the world. We're a part of that right here at the Life Church in San Angelo, Texas, and I believe soon to be in Arlington. We're a part of that. I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be on this journey and to live a missional life. I said it at the beginning. I think Christianity sometimes gets too focused on just the blessings that we can get and what this life could have in store for us. But in light of eternity... What we do in this life affects that. Don't miss out on the opportunities that are even in your life, in your sphere of influence, how you can be a part of church life, making a difference in areas of service, whether it's in the nursery back there serving those those babies, serving the mamas and the, the daddies that have an opportunity to come into service to hear the gospel whether it's in children's ministry, whether it's in youth and all the other areas of, of ministries that go on here at the Life Church. Your involvement matters. What you do with your life matters. It could impact generations to come. Don't take it for granted. Let's stand to our feet. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. Thank you for just your goodness. And even these, this passage of Scripture and just what you have given us in the holy written Word of God, even about this church that made such an impact. Lord, I just pray that we would be inspired as well stay the course we thank you for it you know while heads are bowed and eyes are still closed maybe you're here this morning you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life I want to just give you that opportunity and give you just 
this time, right here at the beginning of the year, to make a decision to maybe make Jesus Lord of your life for the very first time. Maybe to rededicate your life. But why not right here at the beginning of 2019 to really be able to hit a reset button? If you if you don't have if your life isn't fully surrendered to Jesus as Lord and Master of your life, see God, He desired this intimate personal relationship with each one of us, and He was willing to give His only begotten Son to live that sinless life, to die for each one of us, to pay the penalty for our sins, and to offer us that free gift of eternal life. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I'd like to do that today. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I'm going to ask you, if you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, whether it's for the first time or even to rededicate your life, would you just lift your hand up? I'm going to pray for you. Lead you in a prayer. Anyone? Yes, hands are going up. Any others? Go ahead. Raise your hands up. Yes. Yes, many, many hands are going up across this auditorium. Father, we thank you for each one of these. God, we just thank you for the decisions that are being made right here. Father, this is, this is all for you. People matter to you. Thank you for your great love. Now, you responded. You raised your hand. I'm going to ask you to just repeat this prayer. I'm, I'm just going to lend you some words. I can't do this for you. You've got to mean this from your own heart. But if you'll do this and make Jesus Lord of your life by your confession, believing that God raised up Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. I'm going to ask everyone to pray this out loud. We want to help these that may be praying for the first time. But as we pray this, those of you that raised your hand, that you, you know that you need to pray this. You mean this from your heart and you watch what God's going to do in your life. Let's pray out loud together. Just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of eternal life. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price that through his death, burial, and resurrection, I could be saved. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Now help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for those decisions this morning. We applaud you. We thank God for you. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's program at the Life Church. Our prayer is that you've been blessed by this morning's message and that God would continue to speak into your heart throughout the week. We are so excited about what God is doing right here at the Life Church as we connect people with God's purpose. Again, if you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us for a visit at 3301 TLC Way. We have two Sunday morning services for you to choose from, 9.15 and 11 a.m. Again, our prayer is that you've been blessed and we hope you have a great week.